Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash strange. netsuite.com slash strange. netsuite.com slash strange. Hey, strangers. We're pleased to share one of our very favorite podcasts with you today, Stories with Sapphire. It's an award-winning paranormal podcast created by TV paranormal expert and investigator Sapphire Sandalo. Sapphire features true stories of horror and the paranormal, and she created her show with the aim to add both more empathy and diversity to those genres. From ghostly encounters to unexplained events, you can find it all on Sapphire's show and hear the topics discussed by an actual expert. She even gives tarot and bone readings, which you can learn more about at the storieswithsapphire.com website. If you'd like to share a story with Sapphire for the show, email it to storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. And if you enjoy what you're about to hear, and we know you will, be sure to follow Stories with Sapphire wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Chapter 3, Black Star Canyon, submitted by Jocelyn. Hi, Sapphire. It's Jocelyn again. I sent in the story, Is She With Me or In Me, in Season 6, Episode 1. I finally listened to that episode, and I love how you concluded it. Things are getting a lot easier for me now that I've accepted who I am. So this event happened around 10 or so years ago, but the memory still lives on in my mind as one of the oddest occurrences I have experienced with little explanation. I was at home, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my evening until my then-wife came home from work. My three cousins, Ryan, Jennifer, and Shane, came to pick me up around 4 p.m., offering an escape from the house. I hopped into the massive white truck, and we drove off leaving me to guess where we were going. About 10 minutes into the drive, I recognized a sign, which caused my eyes to light up. It denoted Silverado Canyon, a place well-known for strange goings-on. 
Knowing my love of theatrics, Ryan put on some music fitting for a spooky atmosphere, and we drove on, finding a little community which seemed a bit wary of our arrival. We stopped at a small convenience store to get snacks for the journey, and when we got to the counter, I pulled out my debit card. The older man behind the counter appeared as though he were no stranger to hard work. He stared at us for a moment, almost in confusion, before informing the group that he only took cash. Ryan gladly paid for the snacks, and we were on our way. As we continued driving, we passed by a few houses where the residents on their porches stared at our truck. I wasn't sure about my cousins, but I was starting to feel a little uncomfortable, like we weren't supposed to be there or welcomed there. The lonely road ended in a turnaround, which is where we stopped to stretch our legs and look around. Ryan spotted a fire road in the distance, which led up to the top of the mountain. That was where we wanted to be, but we didn't know where the entrance to that fire road was. So we turned around to head back to the convenience store to ask for directions. As we drove down the residential street, something felt different. All the residents who were out on their porches not that long ago were gone, and all the lights in the houses were off. The street now looked deserted. I tried not to overthink it as we pulled up to the convenience store, but it was now closed up tight. No lights, no people, no nothing. The building looked even older and more dilapidated in the dark, as if it hadn't been in business for years. I was really starting to feel uncomfortable now, but my cousins didn't seem phased and came up with a plan B for our adventure. Ryan suggested we go up to the cell phone tower, which offered a wide view of the cities below. We found the road that would take us up, luckily unblocked by gates. I looked at the sky and noticed how much darker it had gotten. I glanced at the time and realized that more than three hours had passed, even though it felt like barely an hour. Just then, we heard the sound of a loud engine. An old man with white hair wearing a black suit and white button-down shirt drove by in a black vintage Model A Ford. We decided to follow him, but not too close so that we caused him to worry. But honestly, it seemed like he hadn't even seen us. After about a thousand feet or so, the sound of the engine simply stopped and the headlights had disappeared. We checked left and right for any sign of a small road that he might have turned down, but there was nothing just us and the all-consuming darkness of night. We only had the headlights of our truck to see by as the road slowly wound its way up the mountain. When we got to the top, we saw the cities below with the numerous lights from buildings and cars, but no sign of the mysterious driver. All was quiet. There was nobody else around us. At least, not anyone living in our time. It felt as though we were being watched by numerous eyes staring at us from just out of reach. We got back into the truck and continued down the road back to civilization, grabbing dinner at a late-night diner and discussing what had just happened. The only explanation that we had for the missing hours and people was that we found a time paradox. I've heard stories, but never thought in my wildest dreams that we would ever find one. I hope you liked my adventure. I still have more to tell you. Until then, Jocelyn. 
So the first time I ever heard about a time slip was from my friend, whose mother and aunt stopped for gas in a cute little town on their way to Myrtle Beach. And on their way back, the town was completely abandoned. And I've since heard many more like this, and I'm convinced this is more common than we think. It reminds me of this theory that suggests that the past, present, and future are all happening at once, and we as humans can only experience it one second at a time. Think of the universe as a book. There's a beginning and an end, and everything that's ever happened or will happen is contained in that book. You can only read one word at a time, but the entire story already exists. So what if these time slips are created when the pages of that book bend or tear, shifting words into a different order? <laughs> 